0: What do I define about blowing up? You know what I'm saying? Like feeling better, living better, better location. What he failed to tell you was, when you're on my time, I can reclaim it. I he left that out, so I'm reclaiming my time. Who are
1: you rooting for tonight? I'm rooting for um everybody black. Betting
0: on black tonight.
1: I'm sorry for the realness.
0: Hey everybody, it's Whitney from WhitneyDanielle.com and NetworkAndSpill.com. And as you know, it is Financial Literacy Month in this gorgeous month of April. And I'm excited because I've got some of my favorite financially people on the show this month. And I'm excited because this is, I believe, I believe, and I'll have to like check myself later, but I'm pretty sure this is one of my very first, if not my first, return guests. I can't remember, but if, if he's not the first, he's like number two, right? One of my first guests to come back on the show, Brian here, you may remember... You may remember Dr. Brian McEldery. This was like circa 2019. I don't even know what year it was. Way before the pandemic was a thing, we talked. It was episode like 55, I think. And we talked about so many things that he does in his business and the coaching. I think the episode was about like focus and life and health and wellness. So I'm really excited to have Dr. Brian back. We're going to have some chats about what he's up to these days and all the things he's doing really in the financial space. So, Without further ado, hey, Brian, how's it going?
1: Hey, hey, how are you? I'm excited for this. Yes. How are you, with?
0: I'm fine. I'm fine. (laughs) I'm so good. I know, y'all, we recorded this episode days ago, and (laughs) we had some technical difficulties, as one does when working with tech, and... I'm excited because that gives us the opportunity to re record and make the episode like so much better than what we recorded originally. So I'm pumped for that. So, y'all are going to get like this is like the bonus edition of (laughs) the original episode. So, I'm really excited to get into this topic. So, okay, let's recap. First of all, if y'all have your phones out, right? Because I know most of you do. I want you to take your phone out. Make sure you're following Brian real quick. His handle on Instagram is Dr. McEldery. E L D E R R Y. So follow him on the gram. If you look in his bio, you'll see he has several different IG pages. Brian has a podcast called the evolve up. No, evolve you podcast. Make sure you follow that. I'm looking at it here and all these different letters and then make sure you're also following the leverage mentorship page because that's one of my faves. I just recently followed it too. lots of information that you're going to want to tap into. So without further ado, let's get into, take us back. Brian, take us back to where you were when you were on the show and sort yeah. of like walk us through how you, you know, I mean, where you are now, what's going on?
1: Yeah. 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 So for everyone that maybe hasn't gone and checked out the show, I'm pretty sure we'll put it down, down the show notes, but just for a short recap, the doctor, it, it is real for people. What, what is this? How do you get into entrepreneurship? So I am a legitimate doctor at a pharmacy and yes, we are real doctors. Okay. People, we go through the same rigor. So Went through four years of undergrad at Morehouse College, then went through four years of my doctoral program in pharmacy. And I'm from Birmingham, Alabama, born and raised. And then I I had a a shift change in pharmacy school to where I felt like the profession was just not able to serve me in the capacity that I wanted to help people. So I began looking elsewhere and to answer what's question, I, I found health coaching or I found the coaching practice in the art of coaching. And I felt so connected with being able to really help people. And it resonated with me because it reminded me of counseling in the pharmacy profession or the education that we had to run our patients through on their medications and make sure they knew all the signs and symptoms and the effects and how it worked and how to take it. And I felt like that was being cut off at a certain point, and I wasn't able to truly in my opinion, transform that patient's life. So coaching was a huge, huge win or find for me that I had no idea about. And that's where kind of my journey started. And I transitioned into life coaching. As I found out, health was just not necessarily the end-all be-all. Most of the times my clients back then were wanting to lose weight and, you know, which is still important. I believe in the pillars of health, wealth, love, and happiness for everyone, But the physical being of a human is is a lot of times mental and it's a lot of times emotional as well and spiritual. And I found out that people were not happy in their jobs and they weren't happy just uh, waking up each day in their own skin. And I realized that the life coaching piece was more so fast forward into where I got the holistic life and business coach and strategy uh, as an addition to my title of how I introduce myself now is people begin to say, okay, okay, I, I, I get it. Like, we thought this was a fluke, a little side hustle, but like you were really able to transition out of a pretty solid industry where you were, you know, reciprocated very well for, for your work and, you know, how did you do that? And I took on a couple of beta clients uh, for business coaching at a very low rate. And I said, hey, I wanna just, you know, if you trust in me, um, I will take you through what I learned and what I've done. And if it works for you, spread the good news. And it did. I did have a couple of people underneath the radar that wanted to stay anonymous, but they were able to leave their jobs. They were able to start getting high ticket clients and starting to like go get speaking engagements and improve their businesses and their bottom line. And that's when I, I, I saw a proof of concept and it's expanded into much more now. So here's here we are today at this point.
0: Yeah. I mean, the coaching transformation is really fun. I like transformations of any Mm -hmm. kind, right? That's why I was obsessed with like all those HGTV shows. I just told you I was watching that extraordinary build show on Hulu or whatever, where they're like building homes in crazy places. I love stuff like that. Yeah. It's interesting. So, so for me, the challenge of like, Being where you are and sitting with that and then having this plan, is it's big because you have to be vulnerable. So I know you work with people in vulnerable states a lot. And and tell me a little bit about that part, especially as it pertains to money, because we're going to get into money here shortly.
1: Yeah, yeah. Each and every one of us has a money story, and some people have heard that before, especially if it's uh, very entrepreneurial-driven people on this podcast listening each and every one of us have been raised in some form or fashion. And if you were anything like myself and Whitney, we were raised to save and protect ourselves and be mindful of your spending and all those good quote unquote habits. But it creates a scarcity in, it created a scarcity in my heart, and my mind of how to steward uh, these resources and what the word money and saving and credit uh, really, really meant. And I realized it it was just kind of hindering a lot of ideas that I wanted to pursue. And it hinders a lot of entrepreneurials' ideas because they have wonderful ideas, but it's typically the receiving of money and also the deploying of money that's holding them back. And that's where I bring in the emotional transformation of getting them to realize that, go back in history, and in 1914, the first federal reserve bank dollar was printed, right? And if you think about that, we we're so stressed about this dollar and how much money is our bank account, which we need the resources, right? Don't get me wrong. Like you want to make a certain amount, but what did we used to do before then? We bartered, right? We, we, we gave exchanges of value of something that we cared about or had in our possession to another person to deliver goods and services. So how can that be the same thing when you have $1,000 in your bank account and you want to invest into something, but you're scared? It's the same thing as if you were to hand over a valuable asset of yours in 1900 and that asset was not a dollar. It was maybe an heirloom of the families, but it was worth $1,000. So that's where I try to get people to realize that you know the the scarcity is really holding them back and how can we move past that and and receive and dive a little bit deeper so they can become more abundant in their mindset about deploying money and receiving it
0: which i mean it's it's super important right mm-hmm. as as entrepreneurs we we can't we can't really do much without or i don't think we can go as far I guess, to to the, the goals that we have, to the aspirations we're trying to attain without dealing with this money story at some point or another, dealing with sales, dealing with even investing in ourselves. A lot of people, I'm sure, even with just that part, I think just investing in yourself can be a big a big hurdle for a lot of folks but that's the thing we have to one of the things i learned first is you know you have to be able to put yourself out there and invest in someone else if you want someone to do it for you so that's part of the that's part of the game so you work with people around different aspects of life but also you've gotten into this financial aspect as well so let's talk yeah. about clubhouse. did you want to say something on that before i, I shift to a clubhouse
1: uh no, let's let's shift a little bit and maybe I'll allude to it just to kind of bring in the story piece, but you're absolutely right. People are always curious how in the world did that come about? Like there must have been something behind it, of why you're so intrigued and how you learned about it.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, because I mean, <laughs> I mean I understand why money comes up for folks because it is part of the mindset issues that people have, whether it's, you know, believing in yourself, uh, mindset over money issues maybe it's mindset over you know fear of success or fear, fear of failure or perfectionism i think there's several different buckets where entrepreneurs kind of hit these walls um, and so i completely understand the the interest in the financial piece because i mean if you're an entrepreneur and you're listening like you you've had to deal with money questions or you know these money conversations at some point or another, you, you just come up with it and it, it makes you uncomfortable. Sometimes it makes you uncomfortable in a good way, but sometimes it's like, okay, this is really, this is really hitting home for me. So mm-hmm. what I wanted to talk about is how I, I knew you from before. Right. And this is like, mm-hmm. no, with bunny ears, cause we actually have a men person yet, which is super weird, <laughs> but it's fine. But we, we started talking years back when I started following you on Clubhouse though. I saw you on Clubhouse. I was like, okay, but he's not really on Clubhouse yet. And I was like, hey, Brian, are you going to get on Clubhouse? What's the deal? Tell me about how you got onto Clubhouse and how you started hosting rooms (laughs) about business and business credit. Tell me about that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So funny enough, Whitney was, she says she should get a percentage of the equity of everything that I do now, because Whitney was the person who was, if you look back in my Clubhouse, bio all the way down, she's the one who invited me onto the platform. And I was just so averse to it because it was another social platform. But what I realized is that I I do very well in long form content. Like live, like podcast, not necessarily preparation, speaking engagements, communication. And that's where I stories on Instagram just popping up and just flowing. And I didn't realize that that was where I needed to reside. And it was a godsend, I guess, because it allowed me to serve in the capacity that I've always wanted, which is to really just touch people live in the moment where they are and not have to kind of get them reeled in with uh, a post elsewhere and then kind of nurture them all the way through the nurturing can happen in 10 to 15 to 20 minutes on a clubhouse stage and that's what just kind of sent it over the edge for me uh, as a pivotal attention grabbing open end of my my marketing funnel essentially so that that's where it started but to answer your question how i moved into the the credit space i jumped on clubhouse and i was running a lot of coaching rooms because at that point I was serving as a life and business coach. So I was running a lot of life, how to develop your life coaching business, how to maybe develop your health coaching business. And I was running communication rooms as well. So emotional intelligence, um, how to communicate more effectively. And those rooms were were pretty popping. So that's where I was known more so for about six to about six to eight months or so. And I realized that the financial piece for a lot of my clients was becoming a sticking point. Hey, we need to invest into this stuff. We need to like, you need to get this software to move. We need to start running some ads. And they were like, Brian, like I need to wait for my next client to to, to close. And I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. So we've been doing all this stuff and you've been doing well, but like we have not talked about money. And that was a missing piece that I didn't dive deep into my one-on-one coaching with my clients. So that's when I begin opening up more financial rooms and credit rooms and then teaching people how to leverage uh, other people's money, credit cards, and more specifically business credit cards at 0%. That doesn't affect your personal credit as long as you're responsible with it. And I should say for anyone that understands this stuff, doesn't show up on your personal credit. It can affect it if you are not uh, in good behavior or good standing with some of these financial institutions and their business products. So that's where it kind of came to be. And now it's it's kind of blown up in a sense uh, to where I would say I'm one of the top experts in the space, more specifically on Clubhouse. And now it's transitioning into other platforms as well. So it's it's pretty solid. And, and I, I feel like that was the missing piece in everything that I was doing was kind of that financial piece.
0: Absolutely. and. Yeah the financial piece to me, especially with the, you know, the credit and how that affects your business. I mean, I guess when I originally thought it, and this is just me being completely frank, which is typically how I like to be when I think about (laughs) business credit and like what I would see on clubhouse. Right. So for those of you who like aren't into clubhouse, I just want you to know, this app is pretty phenomenal and it's had its ups and downs just like every other app, but it is still pretty great, especially for folks who like to talk and for folks who like to listen. So if you're here and you're a podcast listener, you might find some value, right? And I could, I would bet like one of my good plants, like one of my pricier plants that you would get on Clubhouse and you would find something that you liked within a day or two and be sucked in for a while. I would bet several of my high-end expensive plants and you guys know I have a lot of them and some of them are expensive. The point is there's a lot for everybody on Clubhouse. When you're in the entrepreneurial space, you see a lot of different types of rooms and and clubs and they're talking about different things and the topics, you know, some of them vary but then there's some cyclical stuff. Well, when it comes to the financial aspects of it, I was always very hesitant. I was like, I don't know. Because it's like, I don't know these guys. Yeah. I don't know these guys from Paul, from Joe. I don't know them. Why am I going to sit here and listen to them tell me about what I should do with blah, blah, blah? Now, when it comes to like that one guy, um, the uh, I will teach you to be rich. I think his name is Ramit. I may listen to his book. Right, He's been at this for a while. I've heard him on podcasts before. Like, okay. But some of these guys, I mean, it's, they're strangers and this is not like basic sort of mindset type stuff. This is real deal can affect your life. So when I saw Brian hosting these rooms, I was so intrigued. I was like, what is this? What is this? What is this? And I did not have time at first to sit and really listen, but maybe about three or four weeks ago, I was, it was a Friday. I didn't have a lot of meetings that day and I'm like walking Zara and I tune into the room and you'll have to tell the folks when you, when you do Mm -hmm. these rooms, is it Tuesdays and Fridays?
1: I do it Wednesday mornings and Friday mornings.
0: Okay. Wednesday and Friday mornings. And I tapped in on a Friday and I'm listening and I'm like, oh. And then like the way that Brian hosted this room, y'all, it was so dope. If you're in clubhouse rooms and you see people hosting and moderating rooms, like it can be kind of messy, but it was so streamlined. Everybody was calm. He had tons of people in this space listening just intently, quietly listening. And then he had people in the, in the little chat asking questions. He had people coming up on stage and he would literally hear the question that somebody was asking about their current situation. And he was able to give them some ideas, right? He's not necessarily giving financial advice, yeah. but he's giving ideas or pinpoints or maybe things to think about. Cause you don't know what you don't know. So that's what I really loved about your rooms. And you partnered up with this one. Where's this guy from? I
1: can't remember. Yeah. That's his Owen, the points partner.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And he, that guy, he's really big into learning what to do with your points for your Mm -hmm. credit cards. So tell us about that part. Like give, give people a picture of these rooms.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's a beautiful space. And I think you hit it right on the head with that, where I found true value in how I was able to kind of I guess, rise to a certain way that the room is received is that ability to communicate in a way that makes people feel welcome and heard. And then also, you said it perfectly. This is a very, very different space than I I treat this just like I did pharmacy, which is why I kind of love it so much that the credit card, the financial resources, the, the, the pieces, like I said, you're playing chess instead of checkers. It's, it reminds me a lot of the medications that I was learning and having to discontinue this and then move this and then do this and then look at the whole profile. And you can never make a full recommendation until you have the full uh, profile of someone. So when I'm on these stages, I get a sense of a story. What's your credit score? What personal credit cards do you have? Do you want a business? Is it active? Is it doing well? Do you not have a business? Do you desire to travel? Do you want a little extra money? Do you want to invest? And then once that whole picture, there's suggestions on, hey, let's look into this. Let's do this. Let's move here. I want you to do your due diligence. And then if you'd like to, if it feels good for you, let's talk offline. And that allows everyone to not only learn because I'm making it kind of a case study in the room, but it's also serving the person that's answering, that's asking the question, right? So that's that's how I like to run my rooms because now it's it's on a public platform and, and I record all my rooms too. So there's, there's no kind of mishaps, there's no wrongdoing. People can listen to the recording and do whatever they want with it. And I, I value that with integrity that I'm trying to serve Live in that space doing that. So,
0: yeah. And there's also Mm -hmm. no judgment. You know, there's no judgment, which I think is one of my favorite parts because when you have a safe space where you can kind of bring your question and say, you know, hey, Brian, this is my current situation. And, you know, I'm looking to get here. What do I do? That question essentially with the the nitty gritty details can absolutely help people in the audience listening in. So you get to listen to a wide variety of folks in different, totally different situations, figure out what to do next. And as you're listening, right? Because we, the listeners, we're not the experts. We're just listening. We're tuning in. We're trying to get what, trying to pick up with whoever's putting down. So as you start to piece feel the conversation, eventually things start to click. And that's why I like that you have these rooms cyclically and that you invite people to come up and to ask that question. And if they don't necessarily want to come up on stage, they can just put it in the, in the chat there. Mm-hmm. So Tell us some of the names. I know we talked a little bit about titles before, but like tell us some of the titles that you use and some of the questions that you you tend to get the most in these clubhouse spaces.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So the main room title that, that has been sticking for people is, it expands so much more, but this is what draws people in because people are curious about this more now than ever. How to get your first business credit card and leverage it to make more money and passive income streams. And they're like, huh, there are people that are flooding all over the place, trying to figure out how do they get their first business credit card? And it's a very simple process and it could be advantageous for everyone, the way I run my rooms. So I say that to say that everyone can have a business credit card and should, it should be the entry point. You're like, huh? How can I have a business credit card without a business? Well, you can. That means if you have a mother or a family, I give this scenario with, and for anyone that's listening, here's a perfect scenario for people. During the pandemic, it hit a lot of people very hard financially, obviously, right? What did people resort to? They resorted to the money story of, well, this is an emergency. So I got to either go to step one, my savings, if I've gotten laid off or things have gotten tight or remember when I was told like to use that credit card in an emergency, this is an emergency. So what happened is now more and more people have started running up their personal credit cards because they, they either have to make ends meet for their personal life or they also have a business. So now they're running the business off of personal credit cards. So by the time the pandemic started to kind of subside just a little bit, what I realized is a lot of these people were at high utilization, right? So 30%, the second highest rate percentage that makes up your credit score is utilization, meaning credit card debt. So people were at 60, 70, 80, 90%. If they had known that they could get a business credit card day one with a good credit score, if they had a business or they didn't have a business, they would be able to have spent on that business credit card. Right. They can hold a balance on the business credit card and their credit score personally would have still been through the roof. So it was a cushion. That is the true emergency card. So that is why I was so adamant about like business credit cards and then expand so much more from there about which personal credit cards should you have in your wallet? Do you want to travel? Do you want perks? Do you want upgrades? Do you want status? Do you want purchase protection? Do you want business credit cards at top institutions? Do you want lines of credit and loans to fund other ventures? And then all that being said, then it comes down to, okay, what are you going to do with this money? And then that's where my my high level coaching comes in. It's all a funnel and that to answer your question with that's that's the main title of my rooms is how to get your first business credit card
0: I love it yeah mm. and that's exactly the I mean it sounds like the smart place to start how to get the <laughs> first one right and so I know you have way succeeded or exceeded rather <laughs> <laughs> you have way exceeded your first business credit cards. So tell the people you've got a few, yeah. you've, you've got a few Just a little bit. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Just a little bit. So yeah. I can count my personal credit cards on two hands, right? I've got about eh, six or seven or so business credit cards. I've got close to 40, right? Yeah. So around, right around 40 or so. And my credit score is still in the high seven hundreds. Because there are understanding how are the the financial system and the credit system and the economy of the United States works. And when you do that, we have been bamboozled. We have not been taught and it wasn't our fault. Yes, that rhymed. And, (laughs) and it's not our fault, right? Because. You know, we were raised. Most people probably listening. We're raised in a generation where you know you maybe had one to build credit, and you didn't use it, and you only use cash, and you put it in a savings account, and then you just save for any day, and you move on with your life, and you try to make more money. Well, now where has that gotten most people? Well, with inflation, more money making, it seems like you're still at the same position. So we have to make other people's money, make us more money, and protect our cash and invest it into passive income streams. And that's what's gonna move this whole wealth transition over to the next side. Uh, so that's what's going on over here and what we're doing.
0: <laughs> yeah, but what I what I like about yeah. what you're what I find interesting, right? And mm-hmm. just like with the 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 guy that you were partnering with, Owen, yep. I, I like the fact that you all have and and you're not the only two who've done this I've, I've seen other people do it i just never really paid attention to them doing it but there are people who will sit down and understand they learn what benefits you get from which sure. cards. just like when i was working for one of the like big consulting firms and we were traveling all the time i had people who were like "Ooh, i have this card and i have this card and this card does this and i would sit here and watch them like waving their cards around and it was so weird it was like this is bizarre. I've never heard anybody sort of like talking about their card. It was, it was weird. I'm like, what are you guys talking about? They're like, Oh, well this particular card I can use for this and this particular card, it helps me get this. And I'm just sitting here. I'm like,
1: Oh, whatever. Okay. I well, I mean, it's, it's,
0: <laughs> it's shocking to a degree. Cause it's like, I mean, I just got the card that I got because I got it. I didn't get it to, to get that. Like it was, it wasn't, I guess I hadn't thought about it. I didn't even know that that was a way that I could use right this this opportunity to sort of benefit me on the back end. I just thought mm-hmm. about okay, I need this card because I wanted to have an emergency card or I wanted to build my credit. I was told that was important. So I, I went to my bank or whomever, right? My neighbor worked for Suntrust, my other neighbor worked for PNC, whatever. And I get a card and I move on. I didn't know that there were like these perks that you could get. And no, no you guys though you have really like learned mm-hmm. which perks you can get so tell us yeah. how in your head some of these and i know you have some top cards for folks like yes. if they're going to have talk about that and then talk about some of the cool perks
1: yeah yeah so first of all there are what we'll do is we'll talk about this and maybe what we can do with if you're headed in this direction we can maybe run down what it looks like just to get your first business. Like what should be the order of things for people to say in a five or six step process, I can do these things. And then, okay, Brian, I'm in a good place. I'm in a good position. I'm, I'm ready to pull the trigger on something. So the, the, there are four types, really five types of credit cards. Okay. There are entry level cards, like secured cards. There are, well, there's secured cards and then there's entry level cards. Okay, entry level cards are typically going to be your cash back cards. They're going to be no annual fee. They might give you a little something, but nothing much, right? The next level of cards are going to be your daily use cards. Okay, so that means your cards that give you high value back at the gas station, at the grocery store, and you eating out every day, every week. Someone spending at the gas station, at the grocery store. Or eating out. If you're not, then there there's some, some other cards out there for you. <laughs> then there are top tier travel cards. Okay, so cards that give you lounge access, give you upgrades at hotels, give you purchase protection, giving you rental car protection, giving you all these different. It's like a coupon book, status card, key. Essentially, you just wave it around. It's like a key to get in access to a bunch of different things. that's your travel card. And then you have your business credit cards. Okay. And then you have co-branded credit cards. And then you have kind of corporate cards for my business travelers and business people that may be working for a consulting firm and whatnot. So those are the different types of cards. All right. There are four types of currency Not every card has the same currency. So for example, if Whit, I was like, Whitney, what are you, what are you earning? She's like, well, I'm earning some points. And she tells me what kind of card she has. I'm like, Whitney, you're earning cash. She's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the same thing. No, it's not. Just like if you were to go to Europe, it's a Euro, right? The US dollar does not translate one-to-one. You go down to Mexico, it's the peso. It does not translate necessarily one-to-one, right? So it's different values of the currency. So at the very bottom of the tier, there's cash. Okay. So if you have a cashback card, it gives you a little extra cash, but the cash is deflationary. That means it's, it, you look up and you're like, shoot, like I did all that spending and they gave me 10 bucks of cash. Like this is stupid. Right. This is, this, I don't know what people are doing, but it do not work for me because you're on a cashback card. Right. So who are cashback cards for? Typically people with low income households. You don't have the PTO. You don't have the time to travel. You don't have the spin to really maximize the travel tiered cards. So a cashback card might work for you in that time being. Then there is hotel points, airline miles, and credit card points. They're not all created equal. So if you have a Hilton card or a Delta card or a American Airlines card, or any co-branded card is not the same point currency, and it's lower than credit card points. So not everyone you heard, if you're taking notes here, the co-branded cards should be the last thing in people's wallet. But it's typically the first because of marketing budgets. You go into the hotels, and it's in your face, and they're like, free night, this, do this. And then you go to the airlines, they're like, yeah, get 60,000 miles, and you can fly for free. And it's like, That's not the best use case for everyone. Okay, so what should you be doing? You should be earning credit card points and the top four institutions that you want to start earning those with are Chase, American Express, Citibank and Capital One. Kind of in that order. Chase and American Express at the top battling for one. Then you have kind of city. Then you have Capital One. There's nothing wrong with whatever bank you got. You say you're earning points. But the ecosystem and the value of the points are worth more than anything that you can pull out of your, or your national bank or your credit union or whatever you're earning. Those are the top four institutions. So to answer Whitney's question, there are cards in there that people should typically have in their wallet. With Chase, typically you're going to want to have a Sapphire card. So a Sapphire Preferred, Sapphire Reserve. Okay, That's going to be their top tier point yielding card on the personal side. American Express is typically going to be the American Express personal gold card. Okay. That gets four times points back at the grocery store. And for my brunch people, that is the food card. That is the top tier food card. So that or the personal platinum, typically both for some people. And then you have Citibank, it's going to be the Citibank Premier card. Those three and maybe a Capital One Venture X or maybe a Capital One like Saver card that you can transfer points. But out of that list, those are the those are the really the top what I listed off maybe six or seven. Those are what people should be having in their wallets. If you're missing any of those, that's what you should be looking at. It's like I need to get one to maybe two of these in my wallet. Pick one or two institutions, pick all three institutions at some point, get one to two. I have all three right in your wallet at some point that is going to maximize any personal spend that you have. Okay. once people have that, then they move in. If you're taking notes again, what's next? You look at travel tier cards. So you look at a platinum card with American Express. You look at a business platinum card. You look at a Chase Sapphire Reserve. You look at a Capital One Venture X. You look at those top tier travel cards. Those are the worst daily swipe cards typically that you can have. So when I see people swiping their platinum card, I'm like, you should be swiping a gold card. So that's why one card is not necessarily best for everything. It's a type. And then once you have your travel, then you move to business. okay? And you look at the business cards and you see, Cool. And then for people who don't have co-branded, maybe one to maybe two co-branded makes sense for you. That's as simple as it can be to the types, the currency and which ones are the best on the market.
0: Perfect. Okay, perfect. And yeah. I feel like if if you need to pause the audio right <laughs> now and go back and make sure you understand that, I think it yeah. gives you it gives you a place to go when it comes to this and so you kind of know what you're doing versus just like willy-nilly doing it, which I feel like a lot of us are doing because we just don't know. We just don't know. And there's Mm -hmm. a lot that we don't know. And that's why I have guests on to talk about these things because we could be talking about anything, right? We could be talking about fitness. And there were so many things I didn't know about fitness or even about yoga specifically that I've learned by speaking to experts, talking with people who've been doing it for X amount of years and who have studied it. You know, these are important things to know because they help you make better decisions. And that's essentially what we want to do. We want to make better decisions and then take less time Getting Mm -hmm. stuff accomplished, right? We don't want to, we really don't want to be out here just meandering to the finish line. We want to like beeline it there. So, having said that, I do want to get into you know, some of the places where people do get caught up. So when it comes to one of the things we've spoken about before, and I heard you talk about in your clubhouse rooms is people are looking at their current situation, right? Me in today in 2022, Q2, whatever, like in this moment, this is my financial situation. And you gave me some really good tips on how to Mm -hmm. get started, but can you explain to some folks to just take that snapshot for themselves?
1: Exactly. So the first starting point for anyone is to know where and how to check their credit score. And before anyone says and listening, I, I, I know how to check mine. I know exactly what mine is. I'm good. Typically, when the person says that, they're not, meaning you don't know what's going on. So there's two type of scoring systems. There's FICO and there's Vantage scoring. Okay. Which one should you focus on? Well, Brian, I've heard of FICO. I heard that one was the one because I, I did my mortgage and all that stuff. They pull FICO. Yes. You want to focus on the FICO scoring system. Well, what's more prevalent? Vantage. So if you're checking credit karma, that is not the most accurate score. It's a good snapshot. You can look and kind of see what's on your report. But that is not your true credit score. That's how people get fumbled up and angry with the system when they go apply for something like a vehicle or their mortgage, or maybe they refi something, or maybe they go apply for a credit card. Credit Karma said I had a 750, but like, why did y'all say I have a uh, a 680? Because it's not your actual credit score, okay? If you are checking your credit score in your financial institution, meaning you log into your bank, and it says, here's your credit score, I guarantee you it's not your actual credit score, because you'll look underneath it, And it will say Vantage score 3.0, right? That is not your most accurate score. So you want to just make sure that it's always a FICO score, preferably a FICO 8. So now that you understand that, where should you go check it? Typically, there are three places. The first, okay, for people is to understand there are three credit bureaus, Experian, TransUnion, and Equifax. You don't have just one credit score. You have three bureaus and you have three types of scores across those bureaus. Okay. And it matters. So you need to know which bureau and how your credit score looks on each. So the top bureau is typically going to be Experian. So the first place I tell people is just go open up Experian.com. It's free. It will give you your FICO eight score on Experian. And it's a very intuitive platform. So people can get a snapshot. They're like, here's my utilization. Here's my cards. Here's everything I got oh man, I didn't know I had this collection or whatever on my account. You need to be very, very mindful because things change on a daily and weekly basis, okay? So that is how you check your credit score for free. The next two places are MyScoreIQ, okay? And I can give Whitney a link as well to maybe put in the show notes, MyScoreIQ or MyFICO.com. Those are the top three places that are gonna have your accurate score from a FICO scoring system. Okay, Once you have that, you know where you stand, all right? So what's a benchmark, Brian? A benchmark for people typically to move and make moves and as I call start leveraging other people's money responsibly is minimally 680 to 690, okay? Give you context. Some of my business clients and whatnot, I've gotten them Business American Express cards at 670, 680 very strategically okay so that is the benchmark where we can kind of make some strategic moves ideally you want to be above 700 because you want to have some room to run I use my credit score I don't I'm not scared that it drops because I know it's going to pop right back up right so once you understand how it moves that's how you know where you stand final thing I'll say and we can kind of slowly maybe transition in something else to make people kind of reel this in and conceptualize it there are five points that elicit a credit score so if you're wondering why is my credit score where it is how do i boost it how do i get it up when you look at where you should check it in the right place there's five factors payment history is 35 percent so when people told us pay your bills on time pay your bill, i'm like ah, i know but pay your bills on time one mispayment payment could drop your score 100 plus points okay the second is 30% is utilization. You heard me mention that earlier. That's your credit debt. So if you have $10,000 of total available credit and you use $5,000 of it and it reports, you're at 50% utilization. That can drop your score, depending on the profile, 30 to 50 to 80 points. So I've seen people score boost up just by saying, can you just pay this off? We can get to work if you just pay this off, right? The next piece is going to be length of credit. That's 15%. So every time you open up a new credit card personally, every time if you close a credit card, you're decreasing your age of history. So I don't care how frustrated you are about your old cards or store cards. I don't, I don't use this stuff. And you close it. That's decreasing your age. That's 15%. And then you have 10, 10. Okay. 35, 30, 15, 10, 10. The last two, are diversification and inquiries diversification means do you have installment loans do you have an auto loan do you have student loans do you have a mortgage Do you have a personal loan that's an installment loan and then you have revolving lines of credit which are credit cards typically so if you have one credit card and no installment loans because you've paid up all your debt essentially essentially the Dave Ramsey model you've, you're, you're in good behavior right But you look at your credit score and it's in the low 600s because your file is what we call thin. There's a way to be responsibly managing other people's money so you can leverage that particular credit score and the profile to use other people's money to make money. Right. And to get your goals and dreams off the ground. So hopefully that kind of gets people started.
0: I think so. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, and we don't we don't always know about some of these little things and how little things can can make a difference. I remember mm-hmm. reading the budget nista Tiffany's book, um, Get Good with Money. I read that when it came out because I just love Tiffany. I met her in Atlanta when I met Daisha, who was a recent guest, and her book. Um, a lot of it, right? I knew, but some of it I didn't. There were a couple things that, like, there were little things that, like, I was like, oh, I didn't know that. Like paying um, the bill, like when the statement or what the statement. Dates mean versus the due date, like that was something super kind of random and small that I just didn't know. And how that, right? Okay, so for those who don't know, go ahead and explain that one because I know someone's like, "What are you talking
1: about?" Real quick. So there is your closing date of when you have a credit card that's open, right? So it opens at a certain date and it closes at a certain date. I.e., your statement. Okay. Then you have your due date. So when you open up your credit card, if you have one or if you don't have one and you log in and it says your credit card is due the 14th and your statement closes the 17th. You're like, okay, I'll just pay it on the 14th. Right. You paid it on time. But for whatever reason, you started using it again on the 15th and the 16th. And your statement closes on the 17th. This is what gets people tripped up, because then if you have a thousand dollar credit card and you paid it all the way off and then you ran it back up to five hundred the next couple of days and then they report on the closing date. That's why people are like, I just paid this bill. Why my credit score goes down? I didn't because that's when they report. So all that being said, what should you focus on? Be mindful of if you if you're more of a spreadsheeter or you are an analytical person go through all your revolving lines of credit, okay? And look at the statement date, when it closes, okay? That is the date, if you're wondering ever, when is my credit score gonna update? That is the date that they report. So typically it's between two and five days after that date that you'll see your credit score update because the institution reported. So some people have to make two payments, but some others they just have to make one and they just know that they want to make sure their balance is down uh, before that statement closes.
0: Okay, thank you. And that's exactly what I'm talking about. Like, I just thought, okay, it's due on this date, we pay it on this date or before that date. We pay it before that date. I'm doing a really good job at adulting. That's it. That's all I thought. So this was news to me when I read that book. And um, I absolutely love it. And maybe somebody did tell me, right? Who knows? And I just didn't listen. But reading that in that book, turned the light bulb on, which is what's important. And I now know that. I now take heed. So these little things, y'all, really do add up. Hey, can we take a pause real quick? I just wanna let y'all know, this is exclusive and time sensitive. If you're hearing this, there's a really good chance that either I have a spot open or I have a spot opening on my one-on-one program that I offer. So I only do four slots at a time because this is like the most intense, thorough, intimate way to work with me ever. This is my creme de la creme, like four bad bitches only. This is for solopreneurs who have a nine to five, who work in corporate, who have some sort of job that they are doing and that they're doing really well, but who also have a side hustle or a business that they are running on the side and they want to build and streamline their goals towards. A lot of us have strategy. A lot of us have plans here and there, but most of us don't have accountability. A lot of us don't have a support system that's solid and the rest of us aren't organized and have strong boundaries, have routines, like all of that. So I'm going to help you get it all together. This is a three-month intensive one-on-one coaching program where you have full access to me via Voxer, we have seven seven one-on-one calls with each other throughout the three months. And you get routines, you get customized affirmations and audios and all kinds of things to help you succeed. So check out the link. It's in the show notes. It's also on my website, whitneydanielle.com. If you have questions, DM me, send me an audio note. Let me know if you know someone who needs to get their shit together in this manner, send me their information. I will totally hook you up for the referral. That's it. That's all I wanted to say. Let's get back to the episode. So we talked a little bit about that. If you guys have questions, right? I do recommend checking out Brian's room on Wednesday morning and Friday mornings on Clubhouse, right? You can follow him there. I will link or put his, his bio information there, but you just search his name. You'll find him. And you can join in and learn more and ask questions live. We will be going live on Instagram at some point. So you can check us out there for questions. Um, And then also Brian has Instagram. I told you that before it's in the show notes. You can drop him a message, send him an audio note, but I do recommend, you know, getting out there and listening and tapping and learning these things on your own and then asking really well thought out questions when you have them, because that I think really shows that you've sort of taken that leap of faith. I've tried to make sure that we hit the basics here. And I told Brian, I was like, Brian, And look, before we get on this call, don't get crazy. Don't get super wild with some of the vernacular. We need to keep it very basic because I want people to be able to take bite-sized pieces of this and be able to maybe want more, right? Get a little hungry, get a little curious. I don't want to just bombard with, with that because that's what happens when we know stuff and we're excited about stuff and we have the answers to a lot of questions. Like we just, and so I want you guys to take heed to this and really just figure out ways that you can start your entry point into it. Maybe that's you looking into some of the cards that were mentioned. Maybe that's you actually signing up for this website to learn more about your credit score and how you are doing with these other different credit bureaus and really getting into that, like knowing your picture so that you can figure out where you're trying to go and then mapping it. A lot of us know where the heck we're trying to go, but we just need to figure out how to map our way there. And there may be some shortcuts. I love a good shortcut. So this will help. Now we talked about that. Okay. I want to kind of close the door, put a bow, mm-hmm. a bow and like tie yeah. it up. Are we good with this box? This gift box here. I like it. Okay. Okay. We're going to move on. So I want to talk about some of the fruits of this labor that you've been putting in around finance. Mm, So we have some stuff in common, right? You and I, we do, we like bougie things. We like to travel, um, (laughs) but we also really like cars and we've always had this. We've always talked about it. I remember you had a, you had a black Nissan sedan, right? Was it a Maxima, Altima?
1: Nissan Altima 2013. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I've known you. I knew you when you had that car. Okay. And now you have a fleet, you have a, a number of cars. So tell the people, tell the people mm-hmm. about, about this fleet that you have today.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So for anyone who's not too familiar, I never assume assumption gets uh, people nowhere sometimes and creates confusion. I essentially use vehicles now as assets uh, because we used to think of them as liabilities, right? I use them now as assets I purchased them in my business name, okay? So all these cars are not on my personal credit report, which is the whole point of this conversation. And I'm able to rent them out on a platform called Turo, okay? If you're familiar with Airbnb, it's just like Airbnb, but for cars. And it's been very, very, not only just lucrative in a sense, but very freeing that I can essentially have my adult version of my Matchbox set, and it's building. So it's really cool that I get to drive all these cars for free. I really don't go anywhere. I work from home. And um, I'm able to make a profit and have an asset on my hands and kind of use that to my advantage.
0: Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. I can't yes, wait
0: yes. to go to Dallas because when I tell you all these cars, you're going to have to turn Toro off for like two days. Okay. You're gonna turn I got it off you. For like two days because I just, I want to... To touch these cars and I want to drive them a little bit. And I'm, I'm a car. Pro- I do. I absolutely love this. And so y'all, this is what happens. This is one of the things that can happen, right? This is a random thing. Some of y'all are like, girl, I do not care about an Audi Q8 like you do. And that's fine, <laughs> right? That's completely fine. But there are things that we all are striving for. And that's where, when you start to learn about that, you can start to move forward. It So can you, I just want to hear like what was going on? Like paint me a picture of when you had the Altima and mm-hmm. you were learning about this stuff with the finance, what clicked for you so that you started to go down this road even mm-hmm. to begin with?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I believe for the Ultima situation, I drove that for eight years straight. Uh, I paid it off after about four or five, like most people do. And I was just paying insurance and maintenance at that point. It was paid off. So I, I came upon obviously other entrepreneurial ventures kind of during the pandemic. And I'd heard about Turo before it was called Rally Rally Rides, I believe. And I, I just didn't pay attention to it. I thought it was a fad. I didn't believe it was true. And once I understood how credit worked and how finance worked and how you could essentially get loans in a responsible way to make money, that's when I was like, oh, I can get these cars and rent them out not have them affect my personal credit and not have to come out of pocket. I haven't put a down payment on any of these cars. I walked in the bank, got a business auto loan with some more strategy, obviously. And I was able to purchase the cars at the right price and put them on the platform and not have to come out of any money. And they all have equity. So all of them I could sell right now at a profit. So that is where it kind of came about. And now I've kind of taken it a further route where I'm able now to take equity off the vehicles to invest in other things. So most people are familiar with HELOCs, like home equity lines of credit. There's such thing as called ALOCs, auto lines of credit, right? And most people don't know that. So now people that want to do real estate, you want to invest in the crypto stocks, whatever you want to do, you can now pull equity off the car. So essentially the whole concept is I leveraged my credit, didn't affect my personal, and now I didn't have to come out of any money on the front end and now it's, I have an asset on my hand that's making me money. So that that's where it came about and it's expanded from here. I've now acquired some, some short-term rentals and moving in next week uh, at the time of this recording. So it's now got Airbnbs, Turo vehicles and investments, all that kind of stuff. So that's where it came to be. And it gets much deeper in the cars, but I love it. I love it.
0: Me too. No, that's cool. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, we are into cars and, and I get it, but I, I love that you say that about like the fact that we are taught that, you know, cars depreciate as soon as you pull it off the lot. Yeah, I guess sometimes, but that's the thing. Like when you're in the car world, at yes. least like when you go to, I go to car meets, I used to go like every weekend, sometimes multiple times a week in the when in the uh, warmer months and you see cars, you know, like there's no way this car is worth now more than it was you know, years ago, they just keep depending on the car. So it's not just, Brian isn't just winning right now because mm-hmm. there's a, what is it? Supply chain issue with vehicles and the economy is kind of crazy. This mm-hmm. is something that you could have been doing regardless of the economy yes. being where it is right now, right?
1: Yep, yep. Yeah, Purchasing yeah. the car at the right price based on, you know, the type of car. So there's certain cars that hold their value very well. Some people know that, some people don't. And when you purchase that way and you're intentional about it, you can make money off the vehicle and then if you purchase it correctly, just say you wanna you're like, yeah, that was fun. You can go get another one. And you don't have to come out of pocket, or you can just sell it and get out of the whole tarot thing altogether and just drive your dream vehicle for free. All right. So that's essentially what I've done and it's expanding. But yes, to your point, with That's that's what's possible.
0: I love it. Yeah. I mean, plants and cars, that's really what I, I care the most about <laughs> um, for the most part. But yeah, I, I love this really being able to live life on your terms, being able to make and to benefit off of what you're Interested in right? Whether it is travel, maybe you're just like girl. I do not care about the cars. Don't care about rental properties. Don't care about blah blah blah. I just am trying to travel. I'm trying to not be in the states. I'm trying to be here 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 and here. Um, if that's your goal, there are ways to get you there. So thinking about what you particularly want and and really sitting in that and figuring out how you can map yourself that I think is really cool and really interesting. And what makes me happy is that there are people out there who aren't super like kind of scammy. Um, I feel like sometimes when it comes to financial stuff, people can get real extra, oh, yeah. you know, it's the vibes for me. It it can yeah. get very toxic masculinity and like, you should, you should. And it's just weird. Um, mm-hmm. I think a lot of the history there is, is a bit antiquated and it just hasn't always caught up, you know, to the times. And a lot of people who listen to this show are, are busy business professional women, right? Who are maybe working a full-time job and, and have their side hustle or their business and they're they've got things to do. They do not have time mm-hmm. to play games. They don't have time to research and read all of the books, even though we want to because we love to read and we're learners. Um, we just don't have the bandwidth for all of that. So I do if it's not Brian, you know, maybe it's someone else. If if you have a specific expertise that you're looking for, Brian may know someone who has that. So feel free, make sure yep. you you keep in contact you know, and then check out those clubhouse rooms. I know I've talked about clubhouse literally almost every episode this this year that I've had a guest. I told y'all, okay, this is not going to stop. Most of the guests this year that I have outlined are guests that either I wanted to have on the show prior to the pandemic or are guests that I met through clubhouse who I'm like absolutely feeling and vibing with and who I think are great. So we're going to continue to have folks from Clubhouse. Now, Brian is somebody who was on the show before and we're having him back, but he is killing it on Clubhouse. So again, if you haven't checked out Clubhouse, please feel free to do so. Again, I want you guys to make sure you're following Brian here. His IG handle is Dr. McEldry, Um, that's his main account. He's got several. So make sure you tap in, check out his podcast show, the Evolve You podcast, not Evolve Up. Follow Mm -hmm. him, you know, wherever you listen to podcasts and tap in. He's had some great podcasts and he's been podcasting a bit as well. So go through the archives, be nosy, check into some old episodes and listen to some of these conversations because they are dope. So with that being said, Brian, did we forget to talk about anything?
1: I think that was enough for people to conceptualize and um, hopefully people really go back and listen to this because it will give you a framework of where you stand. And when you know where you stand on a firm foundation, you know what to to strategize on and on how to move forward. And that's my biggest thing on least public platforms for people and hopefully there was a little bit of gems in here that where you can tweak some things as well. So. Yeah, I think that was good. One final thing I'll say is that I have to always make a reminder that if you think you're good or you think you know this stuff in finance, especially with credit cards, please, please, please consult with, like Whitney said, someone that you trust because there is a specific way of applying for these things. And there's specific orders in which to apply. And there's specific rules with these institutions. So if you've heard a credit card recommendation you're like, "Ooh, I'll go get that now because he said groceries or a brunch. Like, please be mindful that there is a specific way to do this. So I just wanted to make make mention of that, Whitney, uh, for everyone listening.
0: Yes. And your programs are pretty dope. I will say that. I know I've been mainly an outsider looking in, but I've watched your programs change and develop. I've watched you coach people Mm -hmm. and I've seen you do it. And I really do like your particular style of coaching and how you work with folks. So, you know, if you guys are listening and you're interested in coaching, I normally, you know, I let people pitch what they're, they're out here selling. But, you know, I will tell you if you look at Brian's offerings, he's got some good stuff and he has different points of entry. So maybe you are working on building your credit, maybe you are working on you know paying down some debt or whatever. Um, and you have X, Y, and Z budget, definitely look at what he's got going on. Because again, we're trying to work smarter, not harder. And it's nice to have mentorship. It's nice to have somebody who's there who can rally and you know, I'm at the point now. Where if I trust the person, I'm going to do exactly what they say. If that's their expertise, I'm not going to pussyfoot around and play the game of, oh, well, I think I know too. What, you know, no, if you're the expert and you tell me to do a, b, c, and d, I'm going to do a, b, c, and d, right. Assuming I trust what you're saying. And I think that you're a reputable, person, like, that's what I'm going to do. And so that's the kind of coach that Brian is in my opinion. So if you guys look at his offerings, you have questions, just reach out and ask. Um, I definitely, you know, I, I see the value in mentorship, especially when it comes to stuff like this. I need you to tell me what to do. I will do it and then we will move on. And I will live happily ever after with my extra sky miles and my <laughs> my upgraded rooms and whatever the hell car I get, you know, all of that, all of that. I'm here I've for it. I've got
1: her. Look out for Whitney with these cars <laughs> and her in these bougie lounges very soon. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's going to be annoying, but it's fine. You guys knew it was coming. So don't be surprised when you see it, right? It's fine. But Brian, I really do appreciate you being on the show. I know that it's been a while since we've caught up. I'm glad we did this. It makes me want to catch up with some of the other guests because when I tell y'all I've had guests on the show and they literally turned around so many guests that have been on the show and have turned around and just blew up in their industry or like went on to do some bizarre, amazing things. That is the case for several of the guests that I've had over the years. So, yeah, def- I've had people – I had Brian, Brian Olds on the show earlier this year, uh, the founder of the Black Speaker Network. And he literally mentioned yeah. uh, somebody, like, from the Black Speaker Network. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I had her on my show a few years back. I know, Ashley. Like, like that's how many – that's how long this has been going, and that's how many dope people I've had on my show. So I say that to say, if you are enjoying these episodes, make sure you tap in, you tell a friend, you share the knowledge, the wealth, the expertise, the sarcasm, the wit, and the humor. Um, make sure you leave that five star rating and you review the show. Say something cute in the comment section of Apple Podcasts. You know, Spotify allows you to rate now. It doesn't let you review, but you can leave a you can leave a rating even if you don't listen to Spotify that much. It would be really cute of you and tap into some of these other episodes it's financial literacy month check it out my patreon has other episodes bonus content every month i'm building that up each and every really each and every week i'm building that up and adding more and recording more content so with that being said you know where to find brian this is all gonna be in the show notes you know where to find me at whitney Danielle co underscore tap in there and that's it that's it thank you again brian
1: Thank, Thank you Thank you again. so much, Wit. Of
0: Appreciate course. You. And we'll see y'all next time. Cheers.